Welcome to the Twisted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, broadcasting from our studios in East Tennessee and Central Florida, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Welcome back, everybody, to the Twisted Travelers Podcast. I'm Chris, and as usual, my co-host Jack is here. Say hello to everybody, Jack. Good evening, everyone. We've been going for a while now. How many episodes is this? This is episode number eight. This will be. This marks two months of doing the podcast. So been going for a while. So got anything? We haven't given up yet. We haven't given up yet. (laughs) No, not not quite yet. All right. I think we're gonna stick with this for a while. I think we. I think we're enjoying it. Yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah, pretty much. We have a ton of news this week, um, and it it almost kind of feels like I honestly kept want to refer to it as like more business as usual because it seems like we're talking about parks reopening and coaster plans for the coming years, which is yep. kind of more normal. I know the things are starting to kind of go back to normal here. Yeah, um, I just going off random. People in my part of the world, Tennesseans, are pretending like nothing happened. Uh, I haven't noticed anything really like that here, but okay. It, people, people don't. They, it's like you could totally have like got come out of a coma today, walked outside, and have no clue anything had happened. Okay, so. Yeah, that, that gives you an idea of how it's going here. All right, then. Um, so let's start off with our first story. So Universal Studios Orlando, one of the places close to home, close to me, uh, they are opening June 5th, or at least planning on opening June 5th. You know, something could happen to where they don't, but as of now, that's the date. Makes me happy. Um, the required masks and everything, and from what I saw when I went to City Walk and how how well they handled everything, I'm completely confident that Universal can handle it and execute everything to perfection. And I'm hoping that once they show everybody that this can be done, uh, other places will start to follow. So I'm very excited for Universal to open. Yeah, so I'm on their website right now looking at pretty much their overview. So. The big ones are, of course, face coverings required, uh, temperature checks, and social You should be washing your hands anyways. Um, other big thing that we're seeing is they're going, uh, trying to push everyone to go, like, contactless and basically use the app to order food and with the queues which i'm yeah and the queues we'll as well i'm interested we're gonna get to that i think down the line we are both extremely interested to watch one how they do this and two well as far as universal work? i know it's going to work because they've done it they have it with a bunch of other rides they already do it, it they're pretty much essentially just adding the same thing that they do with the other rides to more and I think my prediction is they're going to leave this permanently so you won't have to wait in line as long. Since Universal, it's been working out well how they've been doing this for rides like Jimmy Fallon Race to New York. 
it's worked well for them so far with those. So hopefully they just turn this into almost an entire resort-wide thing for all attractions, which would be just amazing, not having to wait in line for like any of those rides, especially like Hagrid's and all the Harry Potter attractions. Yeah, and I think like we've Universal if there is a group that can pull off the like waiting, they've definitely done more virtual queuing than Disney has. So I think if, if a company is going to pull it off, it's Universal. My bigger fear is that, now we know they are going to reduce capacity at the parks, but you're still going to have more people using the app at once than you probably ever had before. <clears throat> and is that going to pose an issue with ride reservations? I mean, we all remember going back to January when Rise of the Resistance opened up, thousands and thousands of people all standing there with their phones, refreshing them all at once at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. And the Disney servers, I mean, they took it pretty well, but, I mean, we definitely heard about, like, it lagged for a good 15, 20 seconds. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not expecting that craziness at Universal reopening, but still, it's something like that. I, I get what you're saying, happen. but um, a lot of times with the virtual queue that Universal has had, it hasn't been like a mad rush. Like last time I yeah, had annual passes and Jimmy Fallon had only been open for maybe a couple months and you would be able to show up at the park just for like the afternoon, show up at four 30 and there'd still be times left. Cause the way that theirs works, if you don't know is yeah, I have no clues. You've okay. You're totally going to have to so fill me in on this. <laughs> you can select a ride time for like every hour period and you can okay. get others as long as they don't conflict or at least that's how i assume they're going to do it with the new ones um but with jimmy fallon it seemed like they hardly ever ran out so like even if you show up at the park midday you'll probably still be able to get some ride reservations and i think i heard that the queue is still going to be optional like the real queue so if you don't get a ride reservation for one you can just regular queue but there's, mm -hmm. like, a very, very good chance that you do get ride reservation for everything. Yeah, so definitely want to watch this. I think I'm interested to see how it works. I'm also interested how many guests want to use it. Like, is everyone like, oh, virtual queuing, yay, or are there people? I know I'm kind of on the I still want to get to wait through Hagrid's entire queue at some mm -hmm. point in my life train. Yeah, which and is, I've that's... only very—I did single rider on Forbidden Journey, so I've yet to actually see that queue in person. Yeah, trust and I me. Think that's a, it's a good thing that they're going to have the normal queues being optional because if you do miss out on some, you can still do that. Or if you want to walk through the queue, you can opt to do that and get your mm -hmm. reservation for another time. Yeah. And another thing is like with how many people want to use it, Universal forces everybody to use it at Volcano Bay with Tapu Tapu. So I'm interested if they will maybe eventually go to a system like that in their normal parks. Yeah, that could be definitely for some of your bigger attractions, especially rides like Hagrid's, um, Velocicoaster, which there's a whole bunch of more construction on that. We're not really going to cover it this week because we talked about uh, last week or the week before. But with mm -hmm. your, I'm assuming that's really aiming to be IOA's new headlining attraction. I mean, you have Hulk, Hagrid's, and now you're getting this crazy intimate multi-launch so i feel yeah. like that's kind of their new headliner you can really tell that they're trying to push ioa as like being the real thrill park and universal studios being more of the uh dark rides it seems like well and that was with well, the last time i was the first and last time i was there was in 2017 for i did the ride dueling megan 
and my dad and I definitely talked about since we were on a school trip, it wasn't included, but we talked about for us getting park hopper or doing something like that. And it's like the only like coasters over there aren't there. They don't have any BMs, yeah. B&Ms over there. That was really our train of thought. It's like there are B&Ms in this park. There aren't over there. I, yeah, no, I can understand that. One. But next time you come here, if you go to Universal, we have to go to the other one for I, mommy. I, and yeah. also, since you love Harry Potter and all that, Gringotts, I think you'll really like Gringotts. I mean, I'm only rereading the books for yeah. like the tenth time right now, so that's what I do with my life when I'm bored. But moving on from Universal, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. The next big one, this one, I this one just, I honestly kind of laugh at it. Just <laughs> Mount Olympus is re or opened for the season now. They don't, they never opened for the season, but they're open now, and all the enthusiasts are just flocking to mm -hmm. Mount Olympus. I. Uh... We'll get to this later, but I I had the chance to uh, to meet someone this weekend. He said that he's going to Mount Olympus soon too. So everybody's going there. I've heard uh, some not so good things about how they're keeping things clean and all that. Always, that's always what I well. I've always just heard that park's kind of just sketchy to begin with. Hmm. I mean, so I I've definitely been. I think it's a good sign that a park is reopening. That park's just, I don't know. It's not the, it's not what I would say is a crowning jewel of theme parks. So, or even a jewel. Theme I parks. mean, Hades looks cool. But... Maybe a pebble. Hades looks cool, but it has one train as does every other single coaster well, at that it's park. Not that crowded, but then they only run them when they have a full train. So exactly. Cause it will Valley. sounds like La Valley. Oh, did I say that out loud? Whoops. <laughs> Um, no, for sure though they are reopened, but bigger parks that a lot more people like out in Utah also reopened the Lagoon. I didn't see as much out of this park. I think mainly because there aren't as many West Coast enthusiasts. It's not even West Coast. It's kind of like it's it's far yeah. from California, fairly far. So. Yeah, yep. Yeah. You can get to California in a day from there, yeah. so it's you know closer than the East Coast, but. Mm -hmm. Still, there's like I think the big point is there's really not a enthusiast fan base around it. Yeah. So, like all, all these parks reopening, they're all smaller parks. I'm just waiting for like the big parks to open, and hopefully Universal will start that trend. Yeah, definitely. With um, Universal reopening next week, hopes are high that we'll see some other parks. I'm still, and I'm still surprised Dollywood has yet to say anything. With everything we've seen them. Or seeing come out of the park suggest an early June opening. I'm just surprised we haven't seen something out of them yet. Um, but there's some other good news this week. Like we have a ton of good news this week. Yeah. It was teased on Twitter a couple of months. Well, we've, it's been kind of an ongoing story, but it was teased on Twitter a couple of months ago by Alec Reynolds. Um, Blue Flash and Blue Two. Live oh. to ride another day. They've been relocated from John Hiver's place to Haunted Hoochie in <laughs> Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, this place, I really want to go ride them, but I really don't want to go to this place. I'm just going to say that right now. You went to Stricker's Grove. I've been to Stricker's Grove. Stricker's Grove is like, you know, a family park. This is like a crazy I mean, haunt. Yeah, the credits. 
Yeah, that's true. But and and then you just have to remember it's like forty five to minutes to an hour mm -hmm. from King's Island. So there's a bunch of people oh, about yeah. to go ride these. So it's no longer really gonna be an exclusive credit, but I'm definitely do want to try to go ride them if yeah, I can. It's good to see them still living. And I think I'm pretty sure in uh Taylor from Coaster Studios video about it, he said that they're working on getting them certified. So yeah, he said they were trying to get them certified yeah. by the state, so anyone could sign up or show up, sign a waiver, and mm -hmm. get on. I'm, uh, which the sign a waiver part just kind of makes this is yeah. kind of fun. If that happens, do you think it'll get added to like RCDV and Coaster Count and all that? Oh, I do. Th I think so. Yeah. Lee. I'm honestly surprised it was never on RCDV to begin mm -hmm. with. They just put John Ivers' address in as the park. Probably just John Ivers' backyard. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, some news about Cedar Point and Kings Island's reopening. Now I haven't I haven't read up on this too much, but I did see one thing today that was looked like good news, and that was yes. Go hell. Let's hear your thing, and then we'll talk about because I've done research on this because you okay. know Kings Island. Well. Uh, Gatekeeper was testing today. We saw on the live cams. Why would they be? Doing yeah, my. <laughs> Who knows? My dad and I saw that they put the trains back on track last night. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with you. So the big thing is, and in this article from um, WKYC, um, they really do just specifically talk about Cedar Point by as Cedar Point and Kings Island are both in the state of Ohio and both owned by Cedar Fair. I think at the very end it does say it applies to both. Mm -hmm. um, and I expect them to open around the same time. But the whole, the big thing is the governor of Ohio is like, yeah, we really want them to open, but we're not there yet. And in, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, a lot of the points he makes about it are not very strong reasons as to why the park should not be allowed to reopen. Um, just talking about social distancing and how there be a large gathering. And while, yes, it's a large park, that's also just said it's a large park. People aren't all going to be crammed into Topville Dragster Station. They're going to be mm -hmm. across 365 acres. So yeah. at reduced capacity, you should be able to keep six feet away from anyone at all times. If Universal can do it, then Cedar Point and Kings Island can do it. Yeah, that's an Universal higher attendance, and they're both smaller parks, and arguably some of their pathways are tighter. I, mm -hmm. There were definitely places in IOA that I was like, this is actually kind of narrow, specifically Hogsmeade. Especially um, with like Jurassic Park area, now that it's all walled off for Jurassic yeah. construction. You're in this tight little walkway of construction walls. As compared to Cedar Point's quarter mile midway that's like 500 feet wide. Mm -hmm. So I just definitely feel like while they, they do say he, they're not there yet, I do feel like the parks have enough to argue and basically say, but we are ready. Parks can enforce social distancing. Like, yes, I it done right. Universal's doing it with City Walk. I mean, it, it's possible. I, I don't. Yeah. So they're that far off, personally. But yeah, especially like you said, if they are cycling gatekeeper, why are you doing that if you're not intending to? You know, maybe they're gonna make a push soon. 
for mid-late June, I'd say. I'm hoping, I think it all goes back to, we talked about it last week with Marcus, it literally is going to take someone pulling the trigger, and when that bullet hits perfect and everything goes off without a hitch, this will make happen. Everything Mm -hmm. else is going to start. So, moving on, and this next one, someone on Reddit was listening to the um, South Whitehall Township Planning Commission meeting, which is where Dorney Park is, and during their um, open question period, asked them about the Dorney project. And so, here's what they said, and this is all coming from the user, um, I have sonar. Uh, they confirmed Dorney is moving forward with the project. Um, they said the only major concern they have with the plans is flooding from the creek, which I understand. If you've been to the park, you understand why that's a concern. And they also said Dorney is required to build more sidewalks as part of this project and all future projects. That last one's a little weird, but... I, uh, okay, they get their new coaster. I'm sure that, that'll be okay with them. Yeah, the new it's like, okay, we'll build some more sidewalks if it means we can have our coaster. <laughs> so, yeah, if we did the whole episode, I think it was our second episode, we spent like 30 minutes yeah. talking about this. Um, Gravity Group Woody, Beth looking like a like double-sized... Um, switchback. Switchback, yeah, that's the coaster. You're Thank welcome. you for... Um, yeah, so this is going to be exciting, and I'm, I think the best news out of this is that it's still happening. They still want this to be a 2021 yeah. project. So, All positive news, and then there's another ride that we spent a decent amount of time in that episode talking about, which was Six Flags Magic Mountain's Raptor Coaster, the Jersey Devil clone with a wave turn at the end. And uh, it looks like that's moving forward also because we saw pictures of the track and it had the label sfmm on it so i mean i don't think it's too hard to figure out that that's most likely for six flags magic mountain yeah i definitely um feel like that's a Mm no-brainer i'm excited um the raptors are I really enjoy them. I think these two are going to be awesome. The only thing I'm concerned about with Magic Mountains is capacity because that park is huge. Yeah. But I have, I mean, it's Six Flags, so I don't think I, sh- I shouldn't have expected better from them. Yeah. No offense. And I will be, Magic Mountain is my favorite Six Flags park, so I'm definitely excited. It gives me an excuse to get back, out, get back out there, get this credit, get Apocalypse, which I missed the last time. And West Coast Racers. And West Coast Racers, it was a great construction tour. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. I'm interested, though, because the picture we saw, it still has yet to be painted. So we still have no clue as to what type of theme we're dealing with yet. Mm-hmm. Where it's going, we know it's going to be superhero-themed. It's, it's literally right there, right next to Batman, right next to Riddler. So it's going to be superhero-themed. It's just a question of which one. Yeah. So. It's and moving on, positive stuff as far as 2021 editions this week. Yeah, those two will be great. And plus, we know there will probably be more. There's probably still a few more we'll hear about. But yep. Moving on to the last little bit of news, Holiday World, which is another park opening soon. I don't. Do you know their exact opening day? 
Ah, uh, no, I do not. It is, it's up. coming up soon. Um, and they have rolled out on their website their full detailed plan for their virtual queuing system. And I haven't really, it too much. I've just got it pulled up on their website right now, and I'm just hitting the main stuff. So basically, you're going to create a reservation at an attraction just like you would at Universal. Use like, I want to ride this ride. Um, you'll find out what time you ride and gives you like an idea. This reminds me a lot of how Dollywood used to do quick queue. Um, we used to have a queue bots instead of just a paper pass, which is, in my opinion, the far superior system is just having like the paper one that you show them. But you had quick queue and you'd have it schedule your ride and it would wait for you while you went and did other stuff. And this is what this sounds like. But the big thing is, and they haven't really said, it sounds like, um, I'm trying to figure out, it sounds like they're not going to use their actual cues. Everything's going to be virtual. Okay. But I'm not sure. They could definitely still allow people to stand in their cues. Um, but then that pushes everybody out into the midways. Well, the thing, that's the thing is, so I'm wondering, but the big thing is you can only wait for one ride at a time. So, uh, and you're virtually, that is. So let's say you want to ride Thunderbird. There's no making a reservation for Thunderbird and Voyage. You can only do one at a time. You have to physically ride the ride and clear it out to do the is next Is there ride. a limit to how many you can get a day or how many you can get an hour? Or is it just like however long it takes you to wait for that one ride? However long. So let's say Thunderbird has an hour wait. You wait the hour. And then you ride it, and after that hour's up, you could do it. But let's say it's a five-minute wait. Theoretically, you could ride it as many times as the wait would allow. So if you went on a pretty empty day, you could get, like, a ton of rides on Voyage and Thunderbird. Yes, that's what it sounds like. And that's another interesting thought, is what if it is empty? Like, is there a point to using your reservation system if you I'd, have I'd assume if it's so empty few people enough the and the waits... I bet you if the wait's under five minutes then maybe they would send you up just into the normal queue. Because, like, at, at Volcano Bay with the Tapu Tapu system, if it was under, I think, 10 minutes, it was just ride now, and you would just wait in the normal queue. And it would be yeah, that's... 10 to 5 minutes, and that would be it. Yeah, this is definitely interesting. And like I said, it doesn't really say whether or not they're going to use their, like, physical standby queues or not yet. Um, well, I'd, I'd assume that they would at least use a shortened version of it just for people to walk straight up into the station. Well, yeah, that's well, they'll have to do that for sure. Yeah. But it's still just, why wouldn't you? Because that's the whole thing, especially, I mean, we know they're doing reduced capacity, and we could really probably spend all day debating, are they going to do it, are they not? So, yeah. Def another thing, there's a bunch of stuff this week. We've got good news, and we've got a bunch of stuff to just kind of keep an eye on, and we'll talk about it again if we, if and when we get an answer. So. Yep. That's all of our news this week. Most, it was mostly positive. I mean, there's always a little bit of negative with each some of it, but mm -hmm. we're moving on to Ride of the Week. We're down to our next two GCIs. So this week's choices are Mystic Timbers at Kings Island and Thunderhead. Thunderhead is near and dear to my heart. I know Chris really likes Mystic Timbers. So these are both going to be, and we both written both of them. So. Yeah, the last two are the, 
two that we have both ridden. All right, so I already have the wheel up. I'm going to start spinning right now. Spin the wheel. I'm still, I can't stop laughing about last week's. It was so perfect. <laughs> Mystic Timbers. Mystic Timbers. Okay, I'll let you start. Okay, Mystic Timbers. Mystic Timbers is my favorite ride at King's Island as of now. Orion could dethrone it, but if I'm being honest, I kind of doubt it. Um, but Mystic Timbers is just... For a GCI, it's almost perfect to me. Like, there's... It's so much ejector and a great setting. It passes over the river. It's surrounded by trees. It really doesn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. It's super smooth. I love the shed, personally. The trains look great. It's got good theming, soundtrack, entrance plaza. Like, it, it did everything right, I feel like. Which is why it's my personal favorite GCI and my top 15. There's only a couple GCIs out there that I think could dethrone it, like Gold Striker, which we talked about last week, maybe Texas Stingray, and some of the Chinese ones. But as of now, Mystic Timbers sits steadily at the top of the GCI list for me. Yeah, so Mystic Timbers and I go way back, back to 2017 when it first opened. I read it about a month after it opened. Of course, and I was, you weren't an enthusiast through it all, but I was an enthusiast through the whole What's in the Shed campaign, and I just, that was hilarious, honestly. Because everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a drop track or a barrel roll or something, and it's like, Backwards people. Launch. Or, yeah, it's like, people, look at the building. It's a shed. It literally is a shed. That is, like, what's in the shed? A shed. That's about all I have to say about the shed. I do love it. Um, I am a huge, like, 80s culture person and so it kind of hits near and dear to my heart just love rolling in there and just hearing the music and the screens are awesome too if you ask me i think it's a great different ending like you could have just left it be unenclosed but you chose to do something good with it which i really really hundred times now. I've had the tree twice in about the in over like a hundred rides. Which is just crazy to me. But going on to the actual coaster itself, the airtime is insane. It's really it's just one hit after another the whole way out, turn around and it's one hit after the other the whole way back. That being said, it is not my favorite GCI or my favorite coaster at King's Island. I do prefer Diamondback. Mm. And I know, I know, I know. And I also prefer several other GCIs just because I've always been a fan of the GCI twisty airtime layouts. So thank Thunderhead, which we'll be talking about next week, and Gold Striker. And this left a lot to be desired in that because it really is just out and back airtime. And it really didn't have good twisty overbank turns like I enjoy. So that's where it loses points to some of the other GCIs for me. That being said, I think it is probably my favorite theme of any GCI. There, because there's a couple of them that really have good themes. Gold Striker, Ghost Rider come to mind immediately. But this land is amazing. I love Rivertown. The soundtrack, like you said, the trains are fantastic. Like people don't talk about it a ton. These might be in the running for best trains. I love them. And I know you love just, the entrance plaza. 
The entrance plaza is one of my favorites just in general to take pictures of. Um, this, that truck is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many details that went into this ride. I got to, I've talked about it before, but I got the chance to meet um, uh, Anna Bryan from Irvine Andre. And they were telling me about the process of how they came up with the whole lift, slow down, speed up type thing and how that all just kind of happened. That was never planned. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of happened late one night as they're blasting music in the station, coding. I'm like, that's awesome. So overall, Mystic is a fantastic coaster. Second best night ride at Kings Island. Beast still wins, but I'll give it second place. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Like, I think I, I talked about it a little bit last week when Time Traveler got brought up, but I don't like to marathon rides that much, and this is one of those coasters that I could just ride all day. Oh, it's it's still buttery smooth, and we I think we talked about last week as well. It's one of those coasters. In 2017, it was good, and then towards... I didn't ride it again until, like, 2018 in 2018 it was just so loose and so fast it just felt so much faster it got better and now it stayed about the same level then but it i mean that first year it was good in 2018 i was like holy cow this thing's actually really good yeah i really want to go back more like go back to king's island more so to ride mystic timbers than to ride orion even though i haven't ridden orion yet i feel like well it's it will be different when Orion opens because the season, because that will be where my dad and I end up going first. But we always, since Mystic has opened, and Mystic is always our first ride of the day because it's just a great way to get your back loose after being in the car for four hours. Mm-hmm. So uh, we could, again, we could probably rave about Mystic all night. Um, also, I'll say this. I hate taking pictures of it, but I have some really good ones. <laughs> yes, including this one that you sent me that I have on my wall. Yeah, that picture. That, that is actually my favorite picture I have ever taken, I think. I think it's my favorite picture that you've ever taken also. Just there's something so perfect about it. But that, that, those, those, we could go like on all night. So I think we move on to our off-topic segment. I'll let you start. Uh, okay. I had my birthday. Uh, yeah, that was, that was nice. I got, got the right to, coasters. Yes, I did. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Almost got but, um, by a bird. Let's see, <laughs> I, I, I went to Red Lobster and I mm. also went to a restaurant, uh, at Icon Park by the or- Orlando Eye and, uh, the Star Flyer and, um, did go to Fun Spot. This was the day after it opened, and I did ride the Star Flyer twice. So we'll get. We're gonna talk about all that later. in a minute. Yep. Yeah. And for me, my off topic this week is again, it's kind of on topic. Um, I dropped it last week on the show that I was starting yep. the Thrilling Moments Photography Instagram page, and it's here and it's happening, and I am. Oh, on Instagram. Thank you. Guys. Y'all have been amazing. Also, I just got to say, my phone knows that you are probably like the follower that like looks at my stuff the most because anytime I get on there, it says liked by Twisted Travelers Chris and everyone else. That's who it says first. I'm like, yep. Good. My phone, my phone has its priorities right. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's I do, there's a couple of things. 
I do not post the same pictures on Instagram and Twitter. So if you follow me on one, follow me on the other because you get a different picture on each every day. And it is the same handle as Twitter at Drilling Moment. So again, thank you all. We're at 173 followers after just about a week. So that's not bad, I think. I'm at 38 followers without any posts. So, yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on. And this, we, I didn't really want to include this week in history this week. And then I remembered I have to include this one. Uh-huh. Um, four years ago, well, four years ago today, uh, May 25th, I rode lightning rod for the first time. And four years ago on Saturday, so Chris and lightning rod share a birthday, a lightning rod officially began giving rides to the public. So, yeah, I cannot believe it's been four years. Mm-hmm. It literally feels like yesterday I was there for my first rides. Yeah, it's crazy to think it's been four years, but there have been so many things that have happened to that coaster since it opened. I mean, I, I've been th- I'm thankful to say I've probably ridden it in every single operational form it has ever like given rides in, with zeros, without zeros, with trunks, without trims, with trims, anything, you name it, I've probably ridden it that way. I mean... It's an amazing piece of machinery, and as I constantly like to refer, refer to it as, although it's, you know, been pretty reliable the last year or two, it is the most temperamental piece of wood that has ever and will ever be created, and I love it. So, there's my This Week in History love letter to Lightning Rod. I also like Lightning Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Jack confesses his heart to Lightning Rod, and Chris is like, I like it. Uh, it's it's really good. <laughs> okay. That's to be expected. When time, when we get to the anniversary of time traveler of winning, it's going to be just the reverse effect. Yeah, probably. Uh, hopefully, we'll so, get to that soon enough. Um, yes. Um, this, okay, I'm turning it over to you. He talked about it a little bit just a few minutes ago. Uh, celebrated the birthday, and yeah, extremely lucky because some parks were open. So... Yep. Yeah, hit me. I was at work while okay. this was happening. Yeah, so fun spot. Open the day before my birthday. I was very, very happy to find out about that. So I went the next day and I got my fun spot uh, pass. So now I can ride all year long. Which I'll probably go again sometime soon. Um, but only the Orlando Park is open right now. So I went to that one. Um, got there. Road white lightning twice. Now, let me tell you, I don't know if you've experienced this because you often are every year have an off season and I don't. But after the off season, do you go and ride a coaster with decent forces and just get worn out immediately? No, you don't because that no. happened to me. I got two rides on white lightning and I was like, man, I forgot how forceful some rides can be, and I was already pretty tired. <laughs> If I'm going to be honest. Okay, um, I'm going to ask this one question. How late were you? I mean, I know I know what time you went to sleep. How late were you up on the night before? I have a good guess at when you went to sleep. I, so. I went to sleep at 1230. So. Okay, I was going to say that's about when we stopped texting. So. Yeah. I, uh, I had to get up early in the morning, though, at around 730 or something. But then I went back to sleep for another couple hours. So, But yeah, I 
I got there, rode White Lightning, and just got pretty tired after those two rides. But it was nice to get on a coaster again. White Lightning running very good. Um, it felt smoother in the back to me. Had great air that, time. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, it it didn't go up or down any rankings for me, but just still was running as good as usual. Um, also rode Freedom Flyer. Almost got hit by a bird on the lift. Um, that ride ran smoother than I remembered. Oh, let's see that. Or I remember it just shuffling a ton. This time it felt fairly smooth and had some force on the final helix, but you know, still not as good as like Dragonfly or anything. Um, Dragonfly is like the best Vacoma suspended family, mm, I think, in all right now. Clothes, probably. I mean, it's the Dragonfly and its clones, yeah. we'll say. Um. Uh, did all of the go karts with with my family? That was fun. My mom's really slow. I lapped her twice on one of them. Uh, what else did I do? Went in the gator area and saw like the world's gator largest area. white alligator or whatever. That was pretty cool. Um, and then I rode white lightning again, and that was it for my day at Fun Spot. Uh, just three rides on white lightning, but I'm definitely going to go back soon. Then I went to Icon Park, which is where the Orlando Eye is, and uh, the Starflyer. Got to ride the Starflyer twice. I met Mark from the El Toro Ryan channel there, because he was working there. Uh, he was really nice. Got to talk to him for a while. Uh, rode the Starflyer twice, and that thing's really cool. You could see Epic Universe from the top. You could see Universal. You could see my baby Mako, which I missed so bad. Um, that's the other coaster that's like lightning rod is to me. Mako is to Chris is yeah. lightning rod is to me. At the moment. I mean, Iron Quasi could take the spot. At the yeah, Iron Quasi. Um, on my second ride on the Star Flyer, we got to the top, and it was a lot windier than my first ride. Oh, gosh. The Windseeker in the wind is kind of scary. I haven't done the Star Flyer yet. Windseekers oh, well, in the wind. We started kind of... spinning 400 feet in the air. Now, hey, that's this was my dad's first ride on it because uh, he was a little intimidated the first time and didn't ride it. It's only four hundred feet and tall. It's not that big. He was not happy about it starting to spin, uh, but that that was interesting. You know, rotating and then facing almost face down at the ground. Oh, with just the chains. Oh, that's, oh. he closed his eyes a lot. Um, the guy in I don't I in the second. I honestly don't know if I can blame him all the way. Uh. Mark also told me that they can run it backwards at 60 miles an hour. Which, when Chris told me, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that, that's um, crazy. If, and yeah. we've been talking, we're going to try to have Mark on the podcast because mm -hmm. he, from what Chris said, he sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah. we're going to see if we can get him on. He was really nice. I got to hear about the 60 mile an hour backwards business. And if anyone's ridden it that way, I want, if like if someone has ridden it that way, I want them on the show to tell me what that feels like. He also said one of his coworkers can make it spin like three full rotations at the top. I, I don't know how, but yeah, he said that that's possible. But that, that was my birthday. That was fun. I'm glad yeah. that opened. I, I, I want to go back to your uh, exhaustion on White Lightning. I'm just... Yeah, for me, when the off-season is over, it's there's so much energy and so much hype to get back to a park, it's almost like I'm running on that, so there's no exhaustion. Mm -hmm. 
But I will say, I have it in writing that you said it was hot, and I checked the weather, and I was like, it's only 90 degrees. It was hot. There, there's Bing. not a whole lot of shade at that part. No, I know. I've looked at the Google Earth, and they're yeah. hard pressed to find a tree. Mm-hmm. But no, it was. it's just been boiling here. It got up. The temperatures have been in the 80s. The humidity yesterday had a, had a real feel of 100. Yeah. So it's been it stay in the house. Be, don't uh, I A fun spot. I'd like to give them credit because they people have been giving them a bunch of crap. Yeah, I've got to ask you about this too. They they did they sanitized everything really well. It was like ten minute dispatches because they cleaned every row and every railing of every ride in the stations. So they did a good job with that, and I know they don't require masks. Which I, I know a lot of people um, want them to do, and I completely understand why. And if most people weren't wearing masks at Fun Spot, but um, they at least sanitized everything really good. So yeah, that could have been worse. I think yeah, their managers just seems to be catching a lot of flack because his opinion. They everyone thinks it's the entire company's opinion. But it's not. It's his opinion. But I'm interested to see how masks go over, especially at like Dollywood. Like I know I work at the grocery store, and we we are required to wear masks as employees, which is understandable. But we don't require our customers to wear them. Mm-hmm. And I would say fifty fifty, give or take, maybe even sixty forty. Sixty percent not wearing masks, forty percent wearing them. Yeah, because. People just don't really care. And so I'm interested to see when Dollywood reopens, if they require a mask, I have a feeling we'll catch flack for it. Mm. And if they don't require a mask, I have a good feeling a lot of people will not wear them. Yeah, that, that was the thing. The thing with the masks was since uh, they only work when all the people around you are wearing masks, like a, a decent group of them show up that aren't wearing masks. And all the people that are wearing masks end up just taking theirs off like halfway through the day because they're not going to work unless everybody else around them is wearing masks. And if already 50 to 60% of all the people in the park aren't wearing them, what's the point in wearing yours, you know? Yeah, it's definitely there, – there's a whole bunch of things. And it's honestly kind of a depressing topic just yeah. how like much there is. And it's it, – like you said, it's an all-or-nothing type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when parks reopen, I will be wearing masks at them for the foreseeable future. Because uh, yeah, you and I both agree, they really aren't that bad. It's like, yeah, I'd prefer not to have to wear one, but it's not like it's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. But I definitely hope that we get to a point, hopefully in the near future, in the next month or two, where masks become less and less of a like, required thing. But that's really optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Once so. the uh, once we get a vaccination, I think that's when um, masks won't be required anymore at most places. But even then, I think you're still probably going to have a not. I not I just, well, take well, I'd say there's a percentage of people that are still going to want to wear them, even if. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff, but it's good. I think it's really good. I was super happy that you got to ride coasters on your birthday. I was like, that that's good. That's good. Yes. 
So and Jack, Jack sent me an Iron Quasi Nano Coaster. It looks yes, very I, Trust me, when, I, when it was sitting on my desk for a couple days before I sent it down your way, I was like, oh, I want to open that and build it. Listen, I owe you one. You're going to get one. I know I'm going to get one. I know I'm going to get one. But still, it was really tempting when it was literally just sitting right here on my desk. I was like, that looks, I was like, yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that thing, SeaWorld had it here actually really fast when, because I ordered it and it came to my house so I could put a note with it before I sent it to Chris. It got here really fast. I was impressed. All right. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it this week. We had a shorter episode. Uh, probably going to have a guest on next week. We're just kind of doing this like, one week we have a guest, next week we don't, next week we do. We don't know who yet, but we'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> we, we, we kind of plan a week out. We haven't gotten to the point yet where we start planning episodes way in advance. Yeah. But definitely, we have a, I think we have a list of like four or five people we're going to have on the show. So we've got guests lined up for like the next four months. It's great. So... Anything else? Like I said, we got guests next week. Um, hopefully, we'll have more trip reports. Yeah, in the near future. I'm yeah, hoping the near future announces something soon. I'll probably be making another trip up to Dollywood just to take pictures here pretty soon because I'm ready to go take some more pictures. Mm -hmm. So I'll have something to talk about there. Maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe we'll see Wild Eagle and Lightning Rod testing. Oh, that'd be really lucky. Yeah, so hopefully next week we have more trip reports. Um, I know I'm keeping my ears peeled for any like sign that Dollywood has started cycling rides. I've got my camera battery, uh, camera battery, camera bag ready to go to just get up there and take pictures in that event. So that's pretty much everything we've got this week. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Okay, now you can leave, Craig. There. Goodbye, Craig. Thank you. for listening to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week!